Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, this is Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos, October 12, 2019, and here in the Pacific Northwest, it's PDT time, Pacific Daylight Time. It is 6 o'clock to 7, but on Thursday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, till 7, we will repeat. And we're in the Libra archetype, and tonight's subject is going to be involving tomorrow's full moon. It's always in the opposite sign. That's in Aries. And it happens to be 20 degrees, 14 minutes. And that occurs here in Pacific time at 2.59 p.m. That's in the afternoon. And of course, on the east coast of the United States, that's 5.59 p.m. There's a saying, a Buddhist saying, three things cannot be long hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. Of course, the last factor is, okay, what's the truth? But in a lot of ways, this particular chart, because it does involve, well, many things that we will discuss, is what is the truth to ourself? What no longer works? Where are we wanting to shift to have truth in our life? And according to Joy's Way, written by W. Berg, that's B-R-U-G-H, Joy... MD, he says, consciousness loves contrast. And he continues to say, it is through the consciousness of experiences that we are most likely to see most clearly. The greater the contrast, the more likely is awareness to pay attention. In Libra, it is the opposite. It is self and other, or any other. It is on the opposite side of the horoscope, seventh house. So contrast, or you might say comparativism, is very involved. And again, this full moon chart where you could say the sun is opposite the moon, which always occurs, that's where a full moon is, reflecting the light from the sun, is a lot of contrast, right? Even at nighttime, there's a lot of light, and it's like, what are we looking at? It does involve a lot of new beginnings. Now, with that said, I'm going to introduce a new beginning for Talk Cosmos. I have finally established a email subscription, and there's a couple of ways that you can sign up. Go to TalkCosmos.com. That's really the whole great umbrella, because there you find out all about the guests and the events. And by the way, if you see the events, just click on it. Down there's all the the the, the details, the de- well, I, I don't know what word to say. It's not ephemeris, but it does tell the sun and the moon, and if there is a sun, the degrees of it. And it tells also uh, some interesting factors and about the guest, or later look at the guest information. And if you want the past episodes, which are on any podcast, or Podcast One, which partners with the radio station, um, you can also get the past episodes. So, Back to the new beginnings, and that is is that 
on the website, you can sign up for the posts, the weekly posts that tell about which speaker, if it's cosmic collaboration, what the topic is. And, and it also gives me an opportunity to get in touch with all of you and learn who are you and what do you want, and, and we'll communicate more. So I look forward to it. And I do have a face page, Facebook page, that is. Face, yes, face, that's right. And on that, there's a little button, and it'll drive you right back to this email because a lot of people have liked it, which is great. I do send that out. And we'll continue to, but really honing into the website is great. So that's my new beginning, the email subscription. Yay. So tonight we have a repeat wonderful guest, Elizabeth, known as Liz Mouchette from Kameno Island. She's come here directly, sitting right across from me here in Bellevue, the Seattle studio. And Liz is a certified astrologer. She has many attributes tarot, and numerology. In fact, she just co-authored a wonderful book she's worked years on, Gateways to Change 2018 and Beyond, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life Using Numerology and Astrology. And it was just published. It's a beautiful, huge book. And she has a couple of workshops, the 29th of October and then also December 14th, and that'll be in Marysville. Later, 2020, besides various other events that she's holding in Marysville, will be a webinars. So there's lots of ways to connect with Liz, Elizabeth, Mouchette. And again, go back to the Talk Cosmos. Otherwise, if you want, her email is lizmouchette at gmail.com. That's M-U-S-C-H-E-T-T. So if you can't grab that, can go to Talk Cosmos. Okay, Liz is also teaching, coaching, tutoring. She's an ordained minister. She does sacral cranial reiki, master, and teaches that energy work, and a universal spiritual counselor. Many wonderful attributes, as I was saying. And she's been on several past episodes. She started this whole program back on April 7th in Aries, Again, that summer, the 14th of July, that was 2018 for the solar eclipse. And this year, calendar year, a couple of times in Capricorn. She jokes that she likes all the cardinal signs, but it's really true. We are covering them pretty well (laughs) in January. And that was a solar eclipse in Capricorn. And then amazingly, in July on the 13th for the Capricorn lunar eclipse. And tonight. So thank you, and hello, Liz. Hi, it's great to be back. Yes, we have quite a full itinerary just to talk about. This is a chalked full full moon, Aries full moon. Pluto, the ruler of the sun, is squaring the nodes. I know that's a lot of strange lingo perhaps for some people, but it really is a matter of how are we shifting ultimate depth and power and empowerment and growth from our past to our what we're, where we're headed. That's just one element. So with that, I'll hand it. <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, it's really interesting because full moons are usually about releasing, but this full moon has a lot about beginnings. Ooh. 
And we can go back six months to when we had the new moon in Aries. And you can see if your wishes, um, hopes, and dreams, if any of those manifested. Because right now is the time that some of those should be manifesting. But you may want to, like, make adjustments to them because maybe you didn't see everything that you needed to bring that into being. And so you might make some adjustments. You may no longer even care to have what you asked for. So it's like a really cool time of new things happening. I like this. If I may just jump in and say that that corresponds with Uranus or Uranus that is uh, um, quintile. We had a long conversation last week about that energy, but here that asks for adjustments. Mm-hmm. So that's a great, you know, and, and sudden getting to our true self. Yes. I'm just, thank you. And I wanted to clarify that Aries is about self and Libra is about others. And also the timing here on the West Coast is um, 2.07 p.m. or 2.08. In the calendar, it's incorrect. It was printed incorrect. Oh, um, thank you. Yes. Thank you. 2.08. And so it would be like um, 5.08 on the East Coast of the United States. And... It's commonly called the hunter's moon, and that's a time of preparing for winter. So some of us have been cleaning up our yards or cleaning out things in our life. And running the chart for here in Seattle, we have Capricorn at the ascendant of what we call the chart of where we start, and that's in Capricorn. And that rules the chart, and so the planet that rules that is Saturn, and those... Capricorn and Saturn is all in the first house along with the south node of the moon and Pluto. So I said that Saturn getting down to business, what works, what needs to be improved, and what do we need to let go of? Um, And that can be in any part of our lives. (laughs) Oh, yes. So (laughs) true. It is. Yes. Um, Aries moon. The moon is in Aries right now. It's being... about being authentic and independent. And the sun in Libra is about having the awareness of our relationship needs. Where do we need to compromise? And then there's also some tension or friction in the astrology chart right now, which I like the word chaos. But from chaos, we can create Um, And sometimes it points us in the right direction of where we need to make adjustments and changes. It is. I remember many, many years ago learning this idea about chaos, which because it can be so disorienting if one doesn't get familiar with the whole idea. But exactly that it's out of rearranging all these details. You can repattern, find a new pattern. Yes. So that it's very um, instrumental actually. Difficult, though, depending how you get attached to it. And looking at the chart, the sun is in the ninth house in Libra, and that's about um, what can I do something about and what do I need to turn over to a higher power? And whatever that is to you, it's that's fine because there's some things that, yes, we can do something about and there's some things that we really can't. And then the moon is in the third house, So I would say people are probably going to be speaking their minds 
Um, but do you want to speak your mind? It, it might be inappropriate, but you want it could just come out without any control. So be mm. aware of that. Well, there with with Venus and Scorpio and Mercury in let's see where is Mercury right Scorpio now? in Scorpio too. Yeah, the truth of of how one well, it, it's not necessarily that your first words are the truth. But by working through the emotions, one can reach the truth, I think, at least of how you feel. So I know one has to be a little wary of how truthful <laughs> at the moment one wants to be. But there is some real virtue in confronting that truth, I mean, of how you feel. What's what? Yes, yes. yes. And secrets could come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's always a possibility especially with Uranus there <laughs> well and it's at the top of the chart so it's like really highlighted Venus and Mercury are both at the top of the chart in Scorpio so um, if you're having an affair it might be hard to keep it a secret oh well and, or if even sometimes on the other hand to oneself I mean it, that obviously that can be too but but just even how you feel about things or or because in Libra, and we're still in the sun of Libra this whole time, we can, it's possible because it's so other oriented to not see what we are not facing within us. So it's projected out to others. So it's pretty easy to sometimes point a finger. And I have a couple of sisters, and one of them is famous, and another woman I just happened to uh, talk with earlier this week reminded me of this. Just in conversation, that when you point your finger, three come back to you. <laughs> so I was like, hello. <laughs> very, very true. And um, there's a lot of transformation that's taking place through all the chaos. So I would say not to fret. There's a lot coming back in a good way. And it's like clearing the path to new beginnings or better days to come. So that's really exciting. Revealing. Oh, this is good, Liz. This is definitely good energy because it is tricky. We can also, I'm thinking about Libra and compromise in order to meet a happy medium, which is the, a beautiful way of so, uh, connecting with somebody. I mean, ultimately, we're social beings, and of course we want to uh, work it out, but yet we can move the boundaries too much. We have to be careful that that energy is truthful to ourselves, and I think Eris is in there too the goddess of discord the one that started the Trojan war <laughs> because she's asked the truthful idea and then so it's like we don't want to start huge wars but on the other hand I, well there's always the other hand with Libra but your reminder that there's this energy that's supportive which might be the Jupiter too that things can Harmonize, yes? Is that what you're presenting? And Mercury and Neptune are making a nice connection in the sky. So what you ask for, you're probably going to be able to manifest it. So also be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Oh, now how is this? Tell me more about that. That sounds very exciting. Well, they're a trine, so they're 120 degrees apart, but they're interacting very nicely. So... And they, what is, I missed that, I oh, forgot. Oh, Neptune and Mercury. Oh, 
Well, the and bound, is, no boundaries, Neptune of. Well, Neptune's Cosmo. a dream and Mercury's how we communicate. So I would suggest to write down, uh, if it's in your business life, it, things that you want to improve in your business. If it's a personal, what would you like to improve about yourself? If it's relationships, write it down and start working on it because it's kind of a powerful time of manifesting. And I have read, too, supporting this, that writing materializes it. It gives it form. Yes. So it's a really special tool. And Mercury, of course, is all about, like you say, communication. So it's not just talking, it's writing. Yes. Very largely. That's very important. And the fact, too, I'm thinking that it is in those houses, at least here, and we're talking from here between three and nine, that also has a lot to do with communication and Yes, the full moon. Right, is in, in the those th- areas. third and ninth house. Mm-hmm. So. so that makes a lot of sense. And through the chaos, you're going to see maybe some things that you want to change anyway, or maybe you've been wanting to change them for a while. So that chaos is bringing it front and center. Yeah, which way to go? Isn't that always, especially decisions? Libra is the time of when. Because Aries says, no, we're making a decision. This is, I'm going forward. I'm getting away. I'm separating, right? Separating away. But Libra says, hey, we're a team. We're a partnership. How can this work? So it can have a lot of chaos just from that element. Well, and are you helping everybody else out and doing us, we things all the time and not spending time on self? So maybe it's time for a little self-care or yourself. Or yeah. are you being just about yourself and not being in any relationships? And it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship. It can just be going out to a meeting or a group or some new interest or going out to lunch or dinner with some friends. Yeah, and again, looking at all of that with the Libra influence, because Libra is one of the two planets ruled by Venus, or the guardian planet is often said in a very nice way of putting it, or influencing planet, as Carolyn Casey says. So looking at Venus right now, it's opposing Uranus. Venus being recently in Scorpio and Uranus in Taurus. So those are, again, another polarity signs. But Venus is connecting with the same point of the Venus star point which was last year, October 26, 2018. And, and for those people, it's again like, oh, my goodness, another layer. Well, these are fascinating layers when a planet connects with the sun, has a cycle. And Venus is a very regular orbit, and it makes this beautiful pattern, and there's five points that last for 100 years. It's a long cycle, so... For those that might that might whet your appetite to learn more about, there's many good books. Ariel Goodman is one, and Adam Gainsburg is another. But at any rate, what the Scorpio and they, these points remain for four years. They go forward one four years and then backwards the other four years. So it's really an eight-year pattern. But the point being, five Scorpio is the Venus Scorpio point, the Venus star point. So the fact that you have, because I'm, I'm thinking about what you were saying about um, compromise. We were talking about compromise and that. But it goes back to values because Taurus is all about your values. And 
they're look they're across the way looking at each other, and in very strong survival terms is is Aranis and and Taurus at once our best. So we really have to reconsider if we're going to make compromise. What are our values? Well, and Taurus likes to stick to their values, but with Uranus visiting Taurus, it's kind of shaking up the status quo of trying to shake people up to maybe make adjustments to mm. their value system. And then Venus is across, and Venus is also about love and rules the second house of Taurus, is one of the rulers, and they're in opposition. So it's even possible to bring in a new relationship if you're not in one. It's possible to rekindle the relationship you're already in in an unexpected way. And for lack of a better way to say it, it, I guess on the backside of that, there's maybe some challenges you're going through in a relationship and maybe it's time to end it or take a break. That's a very big theme here. Yes, all of this is important and good to uh, to recognize because they, they kind of work in tandem in different ways, but yet it's deep because it, Pluto... You know, Venus, this ruler, is ruled by Pluto, and often in traditional might be Mars, but it wants soul growth. It wants to know what's what's really working in our life so that we can have empowerment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and everything, if everything was going smoothly, it, why would we want to make any changes? So with this it sounds like Taurus, yes. Yeah, the chaos, <laughs> it's like kind of shaking it up a little bit. It's like, okay, well, things aren't going to stay the same, and we need to kind of make some adjustments here. And, yes, Taurus does not like change at all, but Uranus is going to be there for another six years in Taurus. Long and it's time. like asking everybody to shake it up and change. And, and without knowing how. It just happens because it's like the lightning, the flash happens. We're going back to to the depth and the transformation because we have um, uh, the no, let's see, I was looking at Pluto and Pluto is squaring, what is it that, we're talking about this, a lot of tension happening right now and it's with the nodes. Well, there's a grand cross in the sky and it's with Capricorn, the south node, Saturn and Capricorn and Pluto and Capricorn. Then the sun is in Libra, the moon's in Aries, and the north node is in Cancer. So we have this mm. grand cross in cardinal signs. And cardinal signs are about initiation and starting new things. So it's like now we have another signature or an echo of new beginnings, even though it's a full moon of releasing. Oh, yes. So I think the chaos is bringing it up to show us maybe some things that we need to release or let go of. Yeah, and it can be moment by moment. I keep, this is ringing, I mean, how can I say it? I mean, it's really my own experience. I just was talking with someone, and right now we have the nodes, the lunar nodes, in Cancer. And as you were mentioning, the south node is in Capricorn. So we're headed towards, and it's ruled by the moon. And of course, we're talking about the full moon. And the moon changes every two and a half days in another sign. And all these phases within the month. In other words, it's very changeable. And for those that are learning, that's a factor here. That's very important for the next months until March as we continue this underlining 
theme. So it's really when there's chaos, some of it is because the changes happen so rapidly. It's as though you look at one thing and it teeter-totters into something else or else the priorities. But out of it, I know for myself, because I have an impending trip that I'm doing, and so I'm trying to coordinate and organize things. And it's like, really, what are my priorities? And, of course, in a dream factory world, you think of, oh, and I'm a Gemini, I have all these things. But pretty quickly, after a while, you realize, nope, 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 cross off, cross off, you know, what's really looming? And that might be evident if, if we weren't thinking of all these myriads of factors like emotions, like what's important to us. Yes. And Pluto's doing the deep work that we need to do. Sometimes it can be shadow work. It can be the deep, dark night of the soul. It can just be things going on in our life that we need to transform and change about ourselves. Yeah, when you speak of shadow, that always brings up, okay, what's shadow? Sometimes I know, we know what shadow, but if one didn't really stop and ponder that, it's really that that we can't see. Exactly, or we want to stuff down and hide. Yes, that we won't recognize. We want because it does rock the boat. You mm-hmm. know, it sort of shatters the scene. It's not that consistent. And right now, one of the by languages is this consistency in the background that is getting shattered with, with um, Taurus. But, and, and what we don't want to see, therefore, we put on to others. Well, we've had many good threads. I am talking with Elizabeth Liz Mouchette on Talk Cosmos. This is October 12th and repeating on the 17th. And we're talking about the Aries full moon, and that's happening on the 13th. And it's potent. They're all potent, but this one is going to rock and roll our, our inner depths to shove away the old and bring in the new which if it were as simple as putting the Christmas tree down, that'd be fine. But this is going to take some work. So we'll be right back. And we thank you so much. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. Intuitive coach and psychic medium Jane DeForest, the director of the Portland International Association for Near-Death Studies and author of the book Love Never Dies, will be appearing at Seattle's East-West Bookshop on Friday, October 11th for intuitive art readings from 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. and presenting a Sunday class on the 13th from 1 to 3 p.m. Tickets are still available for purchase and can be purchased in person at East-West Bookshop. For more information, call 206-523-3726. Hello, universe. 
This is Catherine Metcalf, professional astrologer, intuitive, and tarot card reader. And you are listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars, hosted by the beautiful Sue Rose Minahan every Saturday from 6 to 7 PM. Alternative Talk, 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. I like that. I have to laugh at that. Hello, everybody. This is Talk Cosmos again, Suru's Minahan, with guest Elizabeth Liz Mouchette from Cuneo Island. And just to remind you, she too is having a, a book that she published, which is Gateways 2018 and Beyond, and having some courses in Marysville. And you can contact her at lizmouchette at gmail and go to Talk Cosmos to check that out. And by the way, as we talk about our beginnings, do sign up for our newsletter. It's just about the subject, the guests, and we can connect. So that'll be great. Well, this last conversation has been all about the full moon, Aries, because we are in the month of Libra and two weeks after the new moon is always the opposite sign. So this is all about relationships and essentially relationships always seem to come back to the self. What we see out there is really somehow part of ourself. And it's, it's really quite something. In fact, so there is that polarity. And this Aries full moon to the Libra sun, it, it is influenced. It's ruled by warrior planet Mars, and we ask, what causes do we defend? And what to separate from? Mars is separation. It's moving forward, and in Aries especially. And to separate in order to wield our individuated path, because it's leaving from Pisces. There's always this continuation of of the signs and their relationship to each other. Everything's a relationship, ultimately, you could think of. And therefore, it was part of the womb, and now it's going out. So from any aspect, you could micromanage. You could, uh, well, I don't know about micromanaging, but you could look at from that viewpoint, you know, it's where to go forward. But Mars happens to be in Libra. I mean, the moon is in Aries. So emotionally, that's what we're doing. But Mars in that path as we're going forward is, is, is choosing you know, it's not just their their path forward has to look to what Libra is concerned about. The sun's in Libra, too. And that is the other person and the other thing. So it's choosing perhaps a lingering concern with others and asking, what has stopped working? Is it working? Is it not working? There's a lot when it comes to Earth signs and there's so much Earth. It's practical. It's like, is this functioning in some structure? And there's a lot that we're releasing through our structures. And why, as Liz has very well said several times, we have new beginnings. I mean, there's a reason. We need some more space in life. So that's a good thing. So ultimately, it's not so pure and simple. It's a process because this full moon and moons, remember, basically have to do with our emotions, however it's colored or in, taken. And it wants to rethread these emotions and find a new life story. So we will continue. I know 
Liz was talking about the shadow because there's so much transformation. So whether she feels inspired to lead on on that or something I've just said, but we have still time here. Yay, we're processing. (laughs) Well, yes, and to know where you want to work from. Um, And I also want to go to the moon in Aries, um, kind of a fiery moon, because the moon's usually a little bit more Mm -hmm. calm and about nurturing and others. And so the Aries moon can be a little bit of fire there. But it's really interesting because Aries ruling planet Mars is in Libra about Mm. others. And so Mars is not as energetic or fiery as Mars would normally be. So Mars is a little bit more in balance or taking a little bit more time or toned down perhaps. So it's like such an interesting dynamic oh absolutely and this this full moon is dynamite (laughs) yeah you know i i know somebody well i know several people that have this configuration or i can say just slightly and it is incredible how it can manifest so beautifully i mean i mean with that said well when mars when the moon has Mars or Aries, actually, I don't know them exactly with the same configuration, so delete that. But but very similar energies because again, it's it, it relates. But they make decisive decisions, and I think part of the problem though is catching up with their own emotional state. You can know that you have to make that decision and make it and go forward, but then later it's a repercussions. It's like oh my gosh because it's. The moon is still tender. Yes. Know? And and we can get hurt by other people's reactions to it sometimes. So it's not a perfect world <laughs> as far as what we design. It is ultimately, ultimately all this uh, functions in, in as, I, as you say, in the chaos of, of refiguring things. But it can be a bit painful. Yes, and relationships are probably highlighted quite a bit right now. Mm -hmm. And I would kind of use this energy to do your manifesting for like how we would do it on the new year. This full moon is a really good time to start working on that. Doesn't mean that it has to be complete, but to start working on what you want to bring in for 2020. And you might start bringing it in between now and the end of the year, but start working on your list or your ideas of what do I need to bring to completion? What do I want to let go of? And what do I want to start new? Well, isn't that perfect? Because I'm thinking in December is the new moon. And actually, the solstice, I mean, it's all Capricorn, and ju- it's another cardinal sign. And so just looking at the, the cycle, that's three quarters of the way of manifestation. You know, I mean, it's a, the last quarter where yes. one can really see the seed of what one wants. So it's another layer. Yes, yeah, a good timing, good timing. And it gives you a, a proactive, Aries needs to do something. You know, all these cardinal signs want to do something, but... It, Aries so much, yes, wants to initiate. Like this, this is a very good idea there. It reminds me of trimming back the trees or raking the leaves, you know, kind of cleaning it up and making room for things to start manifesting in the near future. 
I feel like chopping and pruning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing so doing like, you know, wind your, like hack your way through the, the weeds or the, the, the field or something. But, no, it's very true. There's many ways to do that. And as you had said, writing it down is also so important. Yes, because it's a heavy time to start manifesting and bringing things to life. And again, too, I'm thinking about the whole energy of, of the movement of all these planets that are in signs right now because there's such a concentration in Capricorn. As astrologers are aware, not only is the south node, these points where the moon intersects the orbit of the sun and it's in Capricorn where we're releasing our structures and our authorities and outdated structures. I keep going back to that structures. It could be institutions that you see it all the time in so many ways. Traditions. And it's culminating to a a very intense time in January. Yes. January 12th that astrologers are talking about. They're aware of it and so in other words, all of us, it's, these changes are, are preparations, plateaus, little moments where maybe it seemingly seems, like you say, chaotic with some of the forces that are trying to funnel into the old that is outdated or the overwhelm of certain things where there's no boundary and so we need to kind of s- s- do something and getting ingrained in the body is so important. To connect, but the point is, it's in preparation. It's not just now. Yes, yes, exactly. And we also have a nice grand water trine in the sky. So oh. we've been talking about emotions a lot, and so that can ask us to look at our emotions and work with them. Let's look at those points. What energy? What are we talking? So about? Mercury and Scorpio, Neptune and Pisces, and the North Node in Cancer. Okay, so we have one in its own sign, which is Neptune, because that's all like, oh, gee, how many years is Neptune? I think, I know it's going until 2026, I think. It's 13, you know, over 13. 11 to 13 years, depending yeah, 11, on what 13 sign. years. So it's a good long time, and it's right in the middle, it seems like. So we're really very spiritual. It does... It doesn't have boundaries because it is the cosmos, you might say. And it's we don't have the power. We don't have the power when the sun rises. The sun rises, and we're grateful for it. Um, and it sets. And we turn. That's why it rises and sets. It's not all about happening to us. We, we're, we're on Earth, and Earth spins in orbit. So that's the process. But the point is, is that that energy is like the the ocean, it has been said, yes? Yes. And the cancer is like we're the waves in the ocean. Exactly. Oh. Well, and getting in touch with what you desire, not what has been imposed upon you. And earlier we talked about writing down our dreams and what we want to manifest. So with Mercury and Neptune and then the North Node, it's like that North Node is going to help us bring it in even more so we have that grand water trine look at our emotions start writing how you feel Mm -hmm. feeling is really the root of all manifestation 
One reads about it all the time. It's one thing to have it formed in your head, but then to really ground and get connected with those emotions and feelings is the real key. So, yes. it's Well, and I've seen, like, some older women, you know, like in their 70s or 80s or saying things that happened to them when they were younger because they were so afraid to ever tell anybody. So we're supposed to keep the skeletons in the closet years ago. But now as a society, we talk about things a lot more. And people say, well, why did you wait so long? And it's like they were so uncomfortable Mm. talking about it. And so I believe there's a lot of healing coming for those people that can finally say, speak words to it. It's like it was such this big secret. I also noticed, you know, we, I brought up the idea of the Venus star points when Venus connects with one of these five points as it goes in this wonderful, repeating, flowering, beautiful cycle and, and online. And one of them is Aries right now. And Aries is five points, five points of Aries. So any time you have five points, any time you have any of these points in your chart or the other planets visited, you might say, by their transit, it activates. Well, Chiron, the wounded healer, is entering early Aries. It's like Taurus. It's happened since last uh, May. I think it's this year. It wasn't last year. It was this year. It seems like a long time already. (laughs) Half a year, my goodness. And... uh, so it goes backwards and forwards, but I think it's two degrees right now, Aries. So when you speak of healing, it is that breaking away of, of freedom. You know, Aries breaks away. Yes. It separates. So it wants freedom. It's one of the freedom energies. And it defends and for causes. It doesn't just war. I mean, war has its reasons sometimes. And or many times, and well, that's a whole other issue. But uh, even speaking on a personal level, how it can be handled is always the issue. But that makes a lot of sense that people would, because the climate changes. You know, it's it's like clearing things out so that things can be felt or recognized, and by reaching emotions or feelings and writing them down, one can. Purge, I mean, maybe see that they're all centered on a certain wound. Yes, and bring a lot of healing. Yes. And also Jupiter is in good aspect to the moon. So getting in touch with your emotional nature, Jupiter will help you to heal. Or it can just make your emotions bigger, too. So if they're of a negative nature, they could be bigger. Well... Jupiter needs to voice things. I remember reading about this, and it's so true. They have an opinion. They have a pattern. They have a belief structure, and it's important to express it. It's not always so easy to hear that opinion because, of course, we all have our own opinions. But, yeah, it's so important to express, and it it also expands. You know, it's the rising, and when it's connected, and it's a fire sign, and so is Aries, a fire sign. So it can be a bit, depending on what end and how it's said, either exciting or a little bit difficult. Well, and Jupiter's in Sagittarius where it's, that's the planet it rules and the sign it rules. So they're, mm. Jupiter's very happy where 
Jupiter's at, and then the moon's in Aries, which can kind of be a little uncomfortable, but it's that chaos coming up is like this ripe for healing and transformation is so beautiful in this chart. Ah, that's good light to remember because as one's weeding or treading the waves, you know, however we want to look at this, it can be a little bit, will I get to shore? Is there a shore or is there any real soil in this plot of that I'm weeding? And so by you reminding, yes, there is. So any kind of light. shadow work you're going to do, any deep, dark night of the soul work you want to do, you're going to reap very good benefits. Ooh, I love it. That's right. It's worth it if you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, wherever that beam hits. Well, sometimes the wind is in our sails and it's helping us to get where we want to be. So it's a really good time for all that. And to manifest, manifest, manifest. Yeah, to consciously change one's life willingly. I think recognizing without denial, because part of these, well, when it gets to Neptune, it's it could be so overwhelming we can deny it. Denial. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, close your eyes, escape, think of something. Which at a certain point takes is okay. Everything in well, I was gonna say not well, I was going to say everything in balance, but what I really meant to say is, is that for the cosmos, for the energies of the universe to work however they attract to what you desire and are feeling, which is really the essence of it, it comes in unexpected ways or through, you know, it's said again and again. So sometimes taking a time out is a good idea, not just denial. Exactly. But, but still trying to work consciously as much as one can and working with the universe by yes. what is offered. And I have a favorite saying. I have it tucked in my wallet, and it surprises me. Every few months I wonder, oh, what's in this wallet? And I'm pulling around organizing, and it says, okay, Sue, so what does it say? I could pull it out right now. But it says, well, it says create every, oh, um, ch- um, control nothing, create everything. Oh, I like that. That's great. Yeah. So that actually has a lot to do with chaos too, doesn't it? Uh, yes. And <laughs> with writing down what you want to create or manifest, I would say that this would be a work in progress. It's like if you sat down tonight and wrote it out, you're going to want to add things and change them next week or a couple months down the road. So I would work on it for a little while. Excellent point, because especially with revealing things, when we just think of these energies, uh, are by the virtue of manifesting into form, by writing it down, you can see it, analyze it, use your other tools of the self, and take time to consider. It might bring up memories that some of you realize weren't, yes, they may have, been seen in that light, but it can be reviewed in another light and really have a a, a, a larger uh, personal truth or, or purpose for it. You know, also, I was other people write a lot about full moons and new moons, which is wonderful to kind of look at. And there's one, Georgia Stathis, wonderful astrologer, that's S-T-A-T-H-I-S, 
And she has star cycles. And she mentions quite a bit about how this full moon is, as you had mentioned earlier about going back to the new moon in Aries, which would have been in March. Um, But she was also saying that the eclipse, July 2nd, that this is 90 days after that eclipse, sort of halfway in between, right? Yes. Because they're all cardinal. We're doing Aries and for cardinal signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. At the equinoxes and the solstices of action where the light turns. And so that's a, um, and that has a lot to do about the United States. That happens to be right next to the United States birthday chart. So there's a lot of activization that maybe we're looking at. So it's always good to look at the, midpoint of the solstice or the equinox or not the equinoxes the solar eclipses and lunar eclipses because oh. that's a major event usually it's like a full moon yes a full moon of mm-hmm. it and here we're te- for those of you that are queuing into these little subtleties the relationships there you go it is a pattern uh, a blueprint to look at well beautiful well then this really is significant this is another point to capture about to get more clarity in these beginnings, like you say, what are the adjustments? What is it that we're wanting to do differently and consciously change? And if you kept track of your new moon ceremony or your new moon six months ago and you could look at what you wrote down, it'd be really interesting to see and work with it now here at the full moon. That's a good technique to do to see if you still want it, how much of it has manifested. Um, are you ready to let go of some of it or keep pursuing? Yes, like every list, it, it changes in its focus and everything like that. Yeah, so the axis of power and its struggles and injustices, the whole imbalance that happens with struggle of power. Um, it is something on a personal level because all of us collectively, we do make this universe, whether it's a nation or whether it's now more and more with Internet and news, we're crossing the horizons all the time. So we matter. We matter. How one feels. It, if nothing else, it matters because it's how you radiate and respond out to others. Yes? Yes, exactly. So... Watch your temper, watch your anger. Pay attention to driving when you're driving the next few days. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, try not to be in a hurry. Don't be on your cell phone. You know, if you have, if it hooks up to your car and you can talk that way, that's a lot safer than trying to hold it in your hand and it's against the law anyway. But be gentle to yourself. Gentle. That's very good because love, regardless through all of this, is really the redeeming factor. It, and Libra. When you come to Venus, and uh, Venus is very involved uh, in Scorpio, it is ruling, of course, the the Sun, and it's also ruling Uranus with its in conjunct and Taurus. is focused on love, and Venus, and really Neptune with that square to Jupiter is the higher 
octave. octave. Or they might say the esoteric of mm-hmm. the universal love. So really it is like, okay, there is a pathway here and compassion will rule. I'm going to make a mention here about next week, which will be on the 19th. And the astrologer will be Patty McLaughlin. And we'll be speaking about Libra and Pluto in Libra, the people born. And that was generational. It was for about 12 years. It wasn't a very long time. Maybe it was a little longer. And it was during the 70s and early 80s. And there's much to work on. It is a cardinal. It is Capricorn with all these energies now. So that will be a fascinating talk. And Patty is someone who is an evolutionary astrologer, and she travels around the world. She's based here in Seattle, but she's working soon in the uh, Far East, and she was in the Middle East, so it's Central Asia, actually. She's traveled to 80 countries, so that'll be quite fascinating. And just to remind people that do sign up for the post, go to topcosmoswebsite.com, that is topcosmos.com, or else go to the Facebook page and you'll get these posts and also about our Cosmic Collaboration panel. And Elizabeth Liz Mouchette has been and is still here. We have a few minutes after I uh, finish this little announcement, the guest. And to remind you that she has written a book that she and a few other, two other authors have worked for several years on, Gateways to Change 2018 and Beyond. And it's keys to navigating the seas of life using numerology, numerology and astrology. And she's giving a wonderful class October 29th in Marysville and on December 14th. It's only $40, and you get the book, a big fat book, and a two-hour class. It's really marvelous. And she has other wonderful monthly events that are happening in Marysville. So go to Talk Cosmos, find out about Liz, and then in next year it'll be webinar. So if you can't make it and you're somewhere else traveling like Patty, who's coming next week, well, there you be. Okay, Liz. <laughs> oh, and that's lizmouchette at gmail.com. So we have what? Oh, we have a couple of minutes, not much. <laughs> well, it's been fun as always. I enjoy coming and being on the radio with you. This is great. It is, and I'm so glad we're in person. And it's very exciting to have new beginnings. That's really the essence, isn't it? Here you have your new book, seven years writing it. Oh, my goodness. And I have an email campaign. It's like, yes, we'll have connections. <laughs> we're all making progress. It's oh, wonderful. We are. I know. It's, it's the teeter-totter of emotions and imbalance and wondering, but somehow there is light that's like, oh, good, that's finished. On to the next. And, and taking a moment to have that heart-centered self. Yes? Yes. Thank you. It's been great. It is. And thank you to all of you wonderful good souls. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.